everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And you're very welcome along to LOI Central. Porrick Hammond is our guest on the show today. Uh, is he coming back to Ireland anytime soon? Big fan of the League of Ireland. Uh, always kind of hovering around, uh, taking in all the news. Can't wait to have him on. Last night as well, I was in Tala and I spoke to Stephen Bradley and Liam Buckley afterwards. Um, a game of two halves, really, although it was, uh, it was certainly compelling to see what happened in the second half. Spoke to both managers afterwards. Um, now, we are in association with Future Ticketing, Porterhouse Brew and Collar and & Cuff, who finally sorted me out for the wedding. I have, what, a week and a half. Um, there's a little bit of a debate about whether I should go for a bigger size but I, I'm toughing it out Dan I think I can I think I can make with it with all your cycling, I look great with all your cycling you look great right? <laughs> praise is no praise um, all the cycling so I, know I have to be kinder to you this week you had some feedback about you know to stop being mean to Johnny so I'm sorry about this ah that's um, lovely so if you say you something if yesterday, you say something in this show that I disagree with I'm just going to take a sharp intake of breath and maybe go silent for a while. So if you hear any silences today, I mean, this won't last. I'd say five minutes. No. It's not going to happen. You know, it's like some kind of therapy sort of uh, tactic we're going to pass here. The title race will be over by Friday again. So I'm kind of, you know, that lasts for two weeks. <laughs> There's the intake of breath. Um, oh, what's going on, Dan? Jesus. You weren't um, at the game last night. I know. I, I was watching... Um, and I, by the way, best of luck with your campaign to fit, you know, to fit into your suit uh, in, in the long term. I mean, I, John, I think John, Dickie wasn't there. But John was like, you yeah, probably should, maybe you can stretch it out a little bit if you want to. No, 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 it's fine. It's no, a I'm real, fine. it's I'm a real, <laughs> it's a real pride thing for a, a, for a sort of you know a fella. I think um, he's like on that sort of cut mark of a like of a waist size or something. And it's like, oh no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm planning to do some exercise in the next in couple the of months. Days. So it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> the ten days is slightly different, I must uh, admit. But um, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't at a game last night. I was in Tala on Friday, and I'll be in Tala this Friday. So I yeah, they have three games doing in Tala a three times in a week, and, and watching Rovers three times in a week. I don't know. So I I watched Derry Pats on the stream because I actually haven't seen a huge amount of like for a team that's sort of a top two side, which they definitely will be Derry. I think about I saw them I've, I've been to them three times this year against Rovers the early game uh, against Shells which was not great in Talca it, was, it wasn't a great game and pitch wasn't great and then in Drada and I just sort of felt like, I don't know I haven't seen Derry maybe in the right setting if you know what I mean they were excellent last night like they were really really good last night. I know like I know and I actually know that if I hadn't watched that game last night I would have been looking at it and saying they've dropped points on Friday they've dropped points on Monday some kind of wobble I watched them on Friday. There wasn't a huge amount wrong last night. Mm. I I, I don't think they played as well last night as they did on Friday, I don't think. I think on Friday it seems like they maybe gave Bowes more chances. But last night, like Pats were defending the box. And even, even like, I understand from Pats the sort of the psychological boost they get from being turned over by this team 10 days ago. Sort of humiliated, really, on their own patch. They were. So then to go and, like, you know, ride the storm out. And it must be said with a very young side, Pats. Like, there's no doubt that... Now, that's one thing that they are doing. Like Sam Curtis is 16, mm. Kyle Robinson coming off the bench. Um, they have a young profile of a side, so it's not quite a case of, oh, they were second last year, look at them now. They've, they've, you know, there's things that happened to their squad that can probably explain their position. But in saying that, even listening to Pat's, the language of a you know, great point, you know, grit and team effort and stuff, you're like, this is a team that maybe you were looking to finish ahead of at the start of the season, yet... The language, the, la- the language, totally. language, the language, the power dynamic has completely changed. Look at the, the young players were the playing. The Derry have instantly gone up to that level. We're going away to get a point against them is like, you know, 
this is sort of brave, you know, yeah. and I, I know there's maybe there's a small building blocked from what happened for and who knows where Pat's going to be in a couple of months, particularly, you know, with the younger players they have. But I think Derry are very good. I just think, um, well, I've heard this point, I've heard this point made. I think that Derry's style isn't dissimilar, um, wouldn't be dissimilar to the old Dundalk, old Dundalk, yeah, yeah, and I think. Um, yeah, maybe it won't be this year that it happens for them. And as I said, I've, I've always made this point in the pod. I think to go from challengers to champions within the space of a season is a very hard thing to do. Um, but I'll tell you now, like you know, in the coming years, I think this is going to be a proper side. You texted me last this night. Is this the is the series right side or something. Yeah, like no, no, no. I think Can I, I just play devil's are. advocate yeah. here, though. I thought Bowles were very good on Friday in, in the Brandywell, and mm. as I'm like you. And I've got, gotten a bit of slagging from, you know, the Derry sort of lads are like, well, it's a Dublin media, you know, you don't see Derry that much. It's like, I actually don't. I don't see yeah. Derry that much. So watch the Derry Bowes, which is the obvious game to watch. Bowes, first 20 minutes, really good. The penalty was harsh. And then Twardick nearly pinches it at the end. So Bowes are, um, I thought that was a very good performance. They're only three points behind Dundalk now. And then obviously I was at the game last night, Dan, which was um, played in bad conditions like it was real uh, when you when you get into cycling you're always looking at the wind conditions mm. and it was like it was it wasn't it wouldn't even be comfortable to cycle in yesterday and it wasn't comfortable to play football in the first half Stephen Bradley did play this down afterwards when I spoke to him um, he's just more like well Sligo were able to play we weren't yeah well, we'll, we'll hear that we'll hear that in due course um, um, but the game itself so quadruple substitution at half time um, the thing which was disappointing for me um, I said you know, Bradley could be giving game time to Maku and players like that. Maku just couldn't get to the pitch of the game at all. Um, Ferrugia was taken off at halftime. Um, Gary O'Neill was taken off, interestingly enough, because probably they thought, well, you know, is he is he the, the player for this type of game? And the other player taken off. They took off four. Um, will come to me in a moment. Green, potentially. Was Aaron, sorry, yeah. Aaron Green. It, so they took off four. And McCann, oh, like McCann was excellent. You could argue that Gaffney was actually even better than Graham Burke. He was he was unbelievably good. Like he just turned the game, and it was like ten minutes, bang bang, game over. And in fairness, Sligo they kind of had a spirited comeback. Um, but it was interesting just flexing the muscles of the squad. And to think like this time last week, we've had two games since, and you're on about those three massive games in Tala. I thought Stephen Bradley was gone basically. Like yeah, well, this is the thing. Um, one thing I would say, I mean, Amaku was excellent off the bench against Red mm. Harps on Friday. I don't know how he didn't score. Mm. And I was, I didn't actually. I was going to tweet it or type it. I said I'll, I'll discuss it at some stage. I was like, it's a real shame, isn't it, that at another club this kid would probably be playing every week and then his development would be accelerated but then maybe I know you, you talk about it with Stephen Bradley in some ways then you know the learning environment of, of, of maybe being dropped in to a game here and not being able to deliver like you, he'll take something from that now I think Amaka would be sold I think that's what will happen with him oh yeah I, I believe so yeah I like think, what, what sort of up I don't know I, I, I think um Oh, as in like England, I mean. Oh, I mean, one hundred percent England. Yeah, and no, wow. I think I, does I, he have the credentials? Oh, to do I'd that? imagine he. I'd imagine he'll be one that. Yeah, I, I do think so. Yeah, I do think so. What I'd has be, he done though? I'd be. I just think he'd be one in the next twelve to eighteen months. I'd okay, be shocked. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. like in, in the next month or something. Yeah, but you I think I just, eventually. You'll end up, oh yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I think so. I'd See, be, last night Sligo were 100%. very good defensively. Like, and you, you have to forget that you have to remember. Sorry, that a lot of these lads are these are ones that would have gone with Brexit normally at 16, mm. 17. So a lot of these lads will, will go, you know, and I think that's what will happen with him. Um, I'd be I'd be pretty confident that'd be the case. Like he's he's been around the Irish underage squads like mm. with Johnny Kenny. I know Kenny's a bit ahead of him. He's gone. I'd imagine, Macri, even as part of the business model and stuff, they're going to produce players that will 
that will go. Oh, like, a lot of these lads are going to go. Like Sam Curtis will eventually yeah. go when he gets to that age, and Dara Burns will go. And like this is this is part of it. You know, mm. it's it's sometimes the ones that don't go are the ones that are the slightly later developers at the moment. You know, the the good under 19s at the moment who aren't playing the first team that they're the ones who'll eventually ex- step into the, the first team game. You're, 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 ex- and stuff like you're that. expecting a Maku to have done more at this stage of the season, 15 games in. Like I think you yeah. know he was a, he's a big squad player. Last night the, the wind was so bad that Shamrock Rovers were kind of camped in their half for a bit and he just wasn't able to carry the ball forward and you kind of felt um, I, I'd love him to do well I think he's a great lad um, I, but it was just one of those games and to be taken off at half time is bad but to be taken off as part of a, fo- a quadruple substitution maybe isn't quite as bad where Bradley's yeah. like listen we have to make changes here well I have to say we've had two references to the quadruple substitution so far we had one by text last night I mean I have to be nicer to you but I mean you're obsessed with this quadruple substitution. I'm and an this old is, man. Like, it's, this it's is, never you been You had your chance to chat to Stephen Bradley last night about the big story of the week. And we started off by asking about the quadruple. Well, just before, sorry, before you get to that, Dan, before you get, I mean, I, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to, Dan is annoyed at me here. I didn't want to, like, Bradley, spo- perfect link. Bradley spoke about link. this last week. So I was like, I didn't want to be necessarily annoying him and saying, well, you, you've said all this before. So no, I, I, in I, fairness, I, I, I take that point. It, you know, it, you now have you to listen be. to a very skillfully crafted interview by Johnny Ward, which does actually bring him round to the main issue, but starts. Did I mention John Caulfield? It I think starts, <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> here we go. Um, this quadruple substitution I think John Caulfield did it lately it's a thing you can do now is it's like is it something you do like it's a brave thing to do I suppose half times you have to you know four players have to come off and they're unhappy I suppose or they're yeah. disappointed yeah but you make them changes for a reason we weren't good enough in the first half mm. we were far below our levels we were sloppy we were slow our decision making was poor positions were poor we had no aggression in our play uh, so we had to change it we couldn't you can't look at the first half and think we'd be okay in the second half we should have been a goal down on the first half so we had to change it was it the wind or just one of those nights because it was really really bad conditions yeah the conditions were bad but they played some good football in the first mm. half we didn't so uh, same for both pitches perfect um, and if your positions are right and, and your decision making is right the wind doesn't come into it uh, first half we were we were slow and sloppy in our decision making and um, our positions we knew how to press uh, we knew there'd be spaces and we didn't exploit them but second half we did the same spaces but we went and hurt them and just Graham Burke in front of goal like, is he the best the best finisher in the league not far off I'd say yeah I think you put Graham in front of goal he's he's uh, he's frightening in front mm. of goal um, put him anywhere left or right foot in front of goal and, and nine times out of ten it, it ends up in the net he's a uh, he was brilliant. He's probably unlucky, angry. He's probably frustrated with me that he didn't start tonight because he was good on Friday. But he comes on at half time and, and wins us the game. What about Rory Gaffney as well? Unplayable second half. Unplayable again. Uh, just trying to manage Rory's minutes and uh, he's another one that was chomping at the bit to play. And to be fair to him, second half he was uh, he was a handful for their centre half. He was unplayable. What do you say to Young Amaku tonight? Because obviously it's a tough night for him. He's why he's itching to get in and just things didn't happen for him. No, you have them nights and that's this is part of his learning and part of his uh, development. Uh, he'll understand that over the next few days. Tonight will be hard for him and we'll help him and get him to understand why it happened and how, uh, how it doesn't happen again. That's important. But um, we know we have there a really good kid, attitude, has really good attributes. But this is a massive part of his learning now. Yeah, and just um, Chris McCann as well, a player who like, probably could have been playing with other teams. It's just hard for him to get in. And what did you make of him in the second half? The spaces that we weren't exploiting in the first half, Chris exploited them in the second half. Mm-hmm. He he was very, very good. He, he hurt them, he penetrated them uh, so often, caused them real problems. Um, I thought he was excellent, Chris. Really settled us. First half, we looked 
like I said, slow and sloppy in uh, second half, Chris really settled us. Friday must be a great example of where the league is going. Yeah, really looking forward to two good teams. They've started really well. Uh, lots of good players on the pitch. Should be a really good game. Tell us, uh, I know if you've gone over this before, but what was the last week like for you? It must have been mad in the, 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 year, the year and the career of Stephen Bradley. Yeah, it was, it was uh, crazy. Yeah, there was meetings and everywhere and, and uh, busy, busy time. Obviously, then my nan passed. and So, it was, uh, yeah, it was hectic time. Um, but I wanted to make a decision quickly because I, I knew we needed to focus on, on what was in front of us and I didn't want to drag it on. So, uh, yeah, I made the decision on, on uh, Friday morning. Was it a tough one? Yeah, really tough. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people wouldn't know a lot about Lincoln up until this point but when you sit down and talk to the people uh, behind the club they're really good people they have really good plans for the club um, they're realistic in how they're going to achieve them and, and, um, and the timeline um, so it's a really really good club I, I genuinely mean that and I think they will have success in their way I'm not saying they'll win the league in their way um, yeah so it was a tough decision Was there any FOMO like if you leave Shamrock Rovers what are you leaving behind? No I think you got to always think of uh you got to think of the next step, the, the progression, where, where it is and, and when it is. And, and that was always in my mind. So, um, like I said, the decision is made. And I'm, uh, I'm one that has, has always been big enough and bold enough to stand by my decisions. And whether they're right or wrong, they're my decisions. Yeah, well, the team must take a bit of, uh, I guess, belief from this. Well, even Cotter was saying it there that, you know, you stood by them. Yeah, look, we, I, loved, I loved this group. We've built this group. Uh, they're a really, really good group of men, you know, uh, really good characters. Um, and they show up every day, every week. That's why they've been the champions the past two years. They show up and, and that's not easy, like, you know. Um, so they're really good men, you know. So uh, when I sat down and spoke to Ronan, it was a really good conversation and had a real influence on, on my decision. Why was he so important, actually? Because he's the captain, Ronan's the one that we uh, that we deal with, um, with everything relating the players. and, and uh, Obviously, he has massive respect from us and, 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 the, and the dressing room, so yeah, it was a really good conversation. Were Lincoln, were Lincoln rather surprised at you that you made this choice? I was just wondering, because they probably expect, English clubs probably expect the Irish lad will come over. Look, I don't know. That's, I, I don't know what way uh, Lincoln would have reacted. Like, you know, I had a really good conversation uh, with them on Friday morning. Um, like I said, really good people, and it was a good conversation. They were obviously disappointed, but it was a good conversation, and we, we both move on. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, I, I take your point. I mean, it was like the big, but I mean, he probably answered all these questions. No, he Friday, did. But I wasn't at the game. No, you are right. Like, so, I spoke to, I mean, I would have spoke to him on Friday in a group huddle for like 10, 11 minutes. Yeah. And he'd also been talking to the, all the assembled press, and I'd just gotten him at sort of after that. So no, I, I like, accept that. And they wouldn't I want to come up with something they, vague. They would John Coffey. If there's a Galway point to be made, there's um, a Galway point to be made. But um, it was, sorry, it was, it was fascinating though when, like, when when they emerged onto the pitch, you could see you could see Bucky was kind of looking at his notes. He was like, "Jeez, we've prepared for a game here. What the hell do I do? Like, what do I do? This is a totally different Shamrock Rovers team." I just feel like we haven't heard the last of this quadruple substitution. So it was. I was I was watching the game behind the beside the erudite Des Curran, uh, who was giving me little tactical did notes. You, did you not go into the press box last night? You I I think I think now don't don't laugh at me, but I think I might have applied for the Derry game rather than the. Oh. And then there was like, oh, you're in the overflow. I said, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. I, was wondering, oh, I, I saw know. a couple of your tweets. I was going to figure out. Listen, yeah. the big story of the week is, is, is Bradley staying. It's a massive and, story. Um, and Sorry, I, it doesn't feel like when we did the podcast last week, this was like completely up in the air. It feels like 
this was like we spoke about this last week when we didn't our last podcast actually he was likely to go at that stage we thought and it just there's been two games since and it's kind of like oh we've moved on already yeah but I mean, it is uh, yeah like there was locking on last week and obviously the, the bereavement as well um which sort of which delayed things by 24 hours in the sense of like being able to I think talk about aspects of it so I think the striking thing about it was people at Rovers were always quite confident he would stay were they? yeah but like not not when I say quite confident it was like 60-40 or you know there was this vibe all along everyone else in football was convinced he was going to go but I think in some cases in some cases that conviction probably came in part from their own opinion mm-hmm. ra- rather than you know, him necessarily saying to people he was gone. Like, in terms of trying to figure out what was going on with him, you know, people close to him, it was, it seemed like the, the, the it, you know, the path was being cleared for him to go, but it was never a case of, yeah, it looks like he's gone. It was never the case. Yeah. And yet, like, I would have had people, as I said, I wrote about this in the newsletter last week, like, would have had people involved in the game who would have sort of rang me and like, he's gone. Mm. And, and then you'd, you'd sort of poke away at them and you realise that this is actually their opinion. It's Chinese rather, rather, whispers as well, kind of. Yeah, it was their yeah. opinion rather than... Yeah. Because there was a sense of, listen, once once they've made the official appear, you know, the mm. official, there's no way, that it's a done deal. There's no way you let the official... Well, the, the official news player wasn't allowed to come out. It just, mm. you know, I think I reported it. But like, you know, it was, it was acknowledged that this was, you know, this is the next stage of the story. And you assume when the story goes to official approach that the, the person tends to go... Um, but it was slightly different and I'd love to know in time I think Bradley has given his answers but in he's, saying he's that he's nuanced yeah I, yeah, I think Dermot Desmond for example at some stage I mean, that, that, you mentioned Dermot Desmond yeah. I thought that he's a guy I really want to interview because you know you have a lot of people get involved in the but league I think it's the, I think you know and, and like the extent of his involvement I think it's the the in the influence that he has and there's also Kieran Medler who's on the board who's also quite influential in terms of he represents the men's uh, national team and their bonuses stuff and the, the women's national team you mm. see him referenced in a lot mm. of those stories he's he's been involved in he's one of these sort of main power brokers in Irish football so like all these people can what can they say what, what, could what message, what said, message like? well yeah or like what message could he convey through people or whatever you know that that is it a case of of saying um you know, st- you know st- stick with us for now who knows what doors will open for you in the future type thing like mm. very well connected people who could who could maybe say and I thought it was interesting listening to Bradley there um, the sort of nuanced reference to what the success for Lincoln would be like their version of success because it's true like Lincoln could be very successful and, and finish 11th in yeah. a season and Damien Delaney was on off the ball with me on Saturday and it was probably the one person within football like you'd have the likes of Roddy and people are like oh, she, she'd be at his desk Monday morning and all this um, just go straight away but there would also be other people you know who who you know, who would have a more rounded take, who would be very much of the same mind. But Damien Delaney was like, nah, from the start I thought no. And from a very black and white assessment, it was almost like, it's almost impossible to succeed with Lincoln. So then why would you take that chance? Now, my take on that would have been, there's a move in England towards, I think the fashionable young coach playing in a particular way, mm. that can open doors. Like Brian Barry Murphy was relegated with Rochdale. Mm. He got a job at the Man City under 23s because of how his team played. Mm. And I think that that in a way that's the doors that could have been open for Bradley but he's waiting and I think I think it's good in the context of the European what would you campaign have done? oh it's a tough one I'm not going to lie I was probably coming around thinking he should maybe go mm. because of the just the type of club it is that I, f- I reckon he'd get understanding I think a manager going from the league here 
um, faces obstacles when they don't have a CV in the place that they're in, particularly if they're being able to bring their staff with them as a block. Like Stephen Kenny went to Dunfermline, but he had staff sort of, he didn't have enough around him and he had people maybe that might have been angling for his position, you know what I mean? And He did speak a lot about how he, they're a good club, they're a very good yeah, club. You yeah, know, and no, I, did, I think <clears> I think a full pre-season, so there's no excuses in terms <clears> of like you've been dropped into it. So I think there was a lot of factors saying if you're going to dip your toe in the water, but you step back from it and think, you know, what could happen in Europe this summer could be could be a great thing for him and could open bigger doors, you mm. know. Um, but Funny I, enough, I, I, I still Rovers, think I was a small bit surprised. Yeah, I'll I was. Shamrock yeah. Rovers, um, Lincoln's not a very big place. Shamrock Rovers has a lot of potential. It, it's still, you feel that, like last night there were 2,000 at the game, but you feel there is something a bit bit different about Rovers this season. There's a big crowd nearly every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have Europe. They've They have a great kind of brand. They don't want to go down that road, but Shamrock Rovers could be quite big, a lot bigger than they are now. Yeah, no, and, but then the one thing you also have to be conscious of as well, and I mean, people that have different views in this, like it's not championship manager where like people just, you know, transfer, like mm. these are real, real people. Like, you know, he's a family, he's kids. Totally. You have to uproot a short notice to say, right, do you want to go and, okay, what what time of the year is now? May, okay, our kids in school. Totally. Like, you know, there's little factors. Okay, so he'd probably be moving over on his own realistically and... Would you, you move you, to England for you, a job? No, like, see, like you, see, uh, even well, if you even if you got like even if you double your salary, no, right? I wouldn't. No. I, w- I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, no, there's too much. And you have a young kid. It's like that's a no. lot of upheaval. No. Um, and I think we forget about that in football. I've often said that about young kids who've gone over. And they, they, a lot of people, as much as you want to play in England, it is nice to live. No, at but home it's true. But, but in saying that, when you have a family, it's, is, it's another like, level. In our scenario, like if you go to football, if you go if you go to make it in England, right, mm. in management, like in a couple of years, you could be earning seven figures a year. Yeah, I mean, and even now he would have been on good money. Money, yeah, like. be- better money, but yeah. not like you know yeah. life changing. But it is the ticket to life changing money. So like mm. from the I family did wonder piece, as well though. Like that's so the whole point. If he it, goes yeah. over, it doesn't work out. He's not going to walk straight back into the Shamrock Rovers job. So it's like it wasn't. He's leaving something behind. He well. wouldn't walk back into the Rovers job, but he'd walk into any job okay. he wanted here. Like do you know what I mean? Like he wouldn't be out of employment. He wouldn't be yeah. out of employment. But yeah. I, I'm not sure about that either. I mean, there, there are some very good managers in this league who will. He'd be top of the list for anything that come up because mm. there would probably be a do- like no. Yeah, he would get a job. It wouldn't be the Shamrock Rovers job. You'd imagine. Well, no, maybe not. But no, but then we, 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 we don't know who would have gotten. Would you have thought Stephen Kenny had come back to Derry, and he did? Like you know, mm. someone takes its struggles, and you bring back the old guy. I mean, we've seen this before, but mm. I mean, that hasn't happened, so it's not the situation. Um, I think what we'll do is now. You spoke to Liam Buckley after the game last night as well in Tala. Um, and we'll go from there to our, our, our special guest today, who is, of course, a former Sligo Rovers player. But you spoke to Liam Buckley. I thought it was interesting. You touched on the pitch situation here without necessarily referencing the pitch in Sligo directly. Yeah, you can't be doing that. But you can sort of, you can probably read between the lines um, into some of his answers here. Uh, how do you sum that up? It was kind of a crazy 10 minutes or 15 minutes second half. Yeah, I thought we did all right. The first half wasn't a lot in it between the pair of us. Um, they had good possession, but we had a bit of possession. Um, it's just we gave us a couple of stupid goals away too early. You know, we have to dig in. When you go one nil down, you got to dig in, make sure you don't go two. Well, unfortunately, we did go two down. And I thought we kept at it. You know, they were obviously better than us in the second half. Um, that said, um, Tara, sorry. Um, uh, we'll take the positives out of it. What were the positive times? Well, I, I thought when we passed it far better than we had in previous games. Um, I thought we played better. Um, we just in the final tour, we need to get better quality. They've done us on the counter attack for two of the goals. Mm. You know, we, you know, they're, they're poor goals to give away from a weird lot. Um, but as I say, they're, they're, they're a top team, they're a top outfit. So look at this. you get ahead of Shamrock Groves, you win the league. You know. Yeah, it's, it's not long ago you played them, and like, how hard is it to keep, like, to get uh, up for every game because it's been a hectic schedule? It's, it, it is, but look at listen, you have to turn up and the, 
the guys were preparing for each game you know yeah. another coming thick and fast so we just a whole game in eight days or whatever um, that said look at they've, they've obviously got a bigger squad than we would have uh, you just have to manage it as best you possibly can do your spirit at the end must have encouraged you because you kept going anyway I, yeah, we don't get we got 3-1 that we hit the post and someone cleared out the line or whatever and yeah, I was like, I was three two. Maybe you get an interest in the last few minutes, but uh, look, it wasn't a bit of saving. I say I can't fault the effort of any of our lads. They put in a serious shift, so we just need to continue doing that every week and see how we go at the end of the season. Good bunch of lads in general. You're managing there. We've got a great bunch, yeah. And fairness to them, there's a lot of quality. Uh, it's just collectively we have to get our play better. Individually, we've got loads of good players, but just collectively we have to get that better. And I didn't think we did done too bad tonight. Uh, just in areas we can move the ball better. It's a long way away, but Europe must be something you're greatly looking forward to. Um, I suppose you let yourselves down a bit last season, you would have said. Yeah, we were disappointed uh, the way the whole thing worked with fellas out and injured and suspended and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to this year, yeah. Certainly it's coming up in the month of July, and so please go and get through a couple of rounds. You're in the league a long time. The Stephen Bradley thing staying on with Shamrock Rover is kind of a good sign for the League of Ireland, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's it's great that it's, it's, our league has been recognised. Um, a good great opportunity for Stephen. He's decided to stay here because they're in Europe and you know they're top of the league here and they have a good chance of winning here. He's obviously weighed things up and felt this is better. So it's great for the league. Where did they rank with the good sides, like the good Pat side you were involved years ago, the good Dundalk sides? Are they up there in terms of the quality that they have? Ah, they would be. Any of the league winning teams have to have something about them, you know. And you know, my Pat Fennan had bows going well, and uh, Pat Down had Pats, I had Pats, you know. All those league winning teams, they were all decent in their time, you know, the kind of way. And unfortunately for for Stephen's group here, they're very good. They've got a talented squad. They can, you can see, they can so many changes they can make. Um, it's not that easy to do that, but. Uh, um, you know, from where we're at, um, you know, sorry, a bigger part. Back to the question, um, they, they, they'd be good to sign the league winning teams. You know, it's, it'd be very difficult when you're looking at different times. The game evolves as well, I suppose. Like, yeah, well, yeah, well, our Pat's team, Brian Kerr had a league winning team as well. Um, was decent. Uh, I would just, you know, all those league winning teams have something. Yeah, and I suppose you, if, when you pitch it like this tonight, it definitely helps as well. Uh, that's if we had all the pitches like that, it'd be mm. great for the league because mm. you know all the all, all the managing coaches want to want their teams to play and pass it, and not have any excuses and reasons why they can't do this or do the other. If you get a pitch like that around the country, all the pitches there should be a standard around the league uh, to, to get pitches up to that sort of quality. And if you do, we'd have a far better league. Do you have sympathy for grounds people because it's it's obviously not straightforward because there've been a lot of grounds across the league that haven't been great in fairness. Yeah, no, there's there's one or two in my quarter which is very good. Um, you know, but again, it's, it's we, we need to put more time and effort and money into them um, to make sure that you know there's no point having a great bunch of players and you can't play on the pitch, you know, kind of way. So, uh, but the pitch appears to be tremendous. Like it's brilliant. You wouldn't even look at it now. You wouldn't even need to think there was a game on. Thanks for your time, Liam. Yeah, more than man. Thanks. Um, All okay. the best. Park Hammond, it is something that uh, I do kind of find in Ireland probably does somewhat well in the comparison at times because we have a summer league. You were obviously at Exeter this season and got promoted. What are the pitches like in general? Welcome to the show, obviously. What are the pitches like in general um, at the lower level in England? Um, well, thanks very much for having me, lads, straight away. Um, the pitches this year have been the best I've seen them for quite a long time. Um, I think that's probably down for a number of reasons. I think last year they were really poor because they're off the back of, of COVID being around and, and no one could do any work on the pitches during the summer because 
well, everyone was was off work basically, and they didn't know when the season was going to start. So you effectively had two year old or three year old pitches, and then at the end of the last season, they all got um, ripped up and and done. And you know, even the credit goes to New, Newport's pitches, probably historically not the one of the best, and it's mm. probably one of the best lev- levelers when it comes to the FA Cup time with the big teams. But this year, they've won pitch of the year. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. One of them is they're not sharing with two rugby teams now, they're sharing with one rugby team. And the other one is down to just the, the work and the finances that was put into it. Um, so I think that the money the money has been there probably because they didn't do it for two years. So they could put a little bit extra into it uh, maybe last year. And I think that's kind of shown all the pitches this year. There's been very few that have been, have been poor pitches. And if it was, it was just freak weather that weekend maybe or... Gotcha. That, yeah. that might make a little bit of water on the pitch. Well, welcome to the show. What a what a recent time that you've had with Exeter City. Yeah, it's been really good. Obviously, a small bit disappointed at the weekend that you know we didn't win the league. Um, but realistically, on the twelfth of February, I think we were eighteen points behind Exeter or behind uh, Forest Green, so we weren't we weren't supposed to win the league. You know, but we we mm. put an unbelievable effort in and an unbelievable run to to keep going. Um, and to get as close as we did. So it was disappointing in that way. But look, realistically, your aim is to be promoted at the beginning of the season. Um, four games in, or three games into the season, we hadn't scored yet. We just got beat 3-0 away to Leighton Orient. Everyone thought, outside of the dressing room, oh, this is going to be a relegation year. or It's going to be a, a tough season. And we went on a 21-game unbeaten run then. And, and we backed it up with a little bit more just after Christmas and, and got promoted Um for the first time in ten years for the club, so it's been an unbelievable season for the club and one that one that the, everyone down there who, who's involved in the club deserves. Uh, look, have you enjoyed it yourself, um, Podge? Like I know, obviously it would have been. I think you spoke about it previously. I think on the the late night phone in, I know it would have been reported in in January that maybe you know coming home was uh, something that, that might have happened. It was, I think, it's fair to say there might have been a bit of Sligo Rovers chat or something going on at that stage. Um, but like you've ended up, you know, continuing staying, and you've been involved in a promotion run. Like, have you enjoyed the last couple of months? Because obviously, when there's chat about your future in January, I suppose that can be, it can always naturally be unsettling in some way because you have to think about your future. Um, but have you managed to sort of really enjoy the, that run in? Oh, I've loved it. It's probably one of the most enjoyable years I've ever had. Um, which sounds really, really strange to say, considering I've, I've probably, I'd say, in the last seven or eight seasons, I've probably played every game that I was available to play um, from the start. And this year has been a little bit different, but um, that'll just go to show you how, how, how good the manager is, Matt, Matt Taylor, and how he has the working environment. Just unbelievable for all the lads to go in every day. Everyone loves I travel 90 miles down and 90 miles back every day from Newport, and there's never been once where I've sat down and thought, this is oh, this is too much, or I'm not looking forward to training day. I've loved going in to learn off him as a manager, first and foremost. And, and then... With the rest of the players, the, the the dressing room we have, you don't usually get a dressing room where everybody likes everyone. And people always say, "Look, it's a great dressing room; everyone gets on." There's, that's not true. There's always one or two, but this is genuinely the first time that I've ever seen anyone not being one bad egg in a dressing room or not bad person, and everyone gets on with everyone. So it, it's been brilliant. And the thing in January, I I wasn't looking to leave actively. Um, it, it, it something that popped up and and became. Um, it became a a, 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 pro, well, a possibility. It was it was. I'd agreed everything. I'd put my house up for sale over here, 
Um, I'd actually spoke to the manager uh, in Exeter and just told them the circumstances. He he said, look, I want you to stay, but you know this is too good an opportunity to turn down. I wanted to tell him early so he had time to get a striker in. And in the two days from when I spoke to him about leaving, he was able to sign a striker and the deal fell through. So I ended up killing myself. So mm. um, trying to do the right thing. But, you know, that's that was the only one disappointment I had this season. I think it was, you know, that that, that what happened in January happened in January. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't from myself or from Exeter's view. There was everything was was really, really good. Yeah, because it's like we had Georgie Kelly on last week, and you know he's 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 just met his move over, and and he hasn't played, and then he comes on and scores. Like you know, it's a sort of a weird old game in terms of the uh, the emotions, the the highs and the lows, and all of that. I mean, like you're 34, you're you're out of contract this summer. Um, it's like, I always find speaking to guys in the UK at this time of year or in Ireland in December but you know particularly I think in the UK because it's such a sort of a competitive market like it's 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 funny like it's a, it's a profession where people become accustomed to I don't know not knowing where they stand on a regular basis that doesn't necessarily happen that much in, in other walks of life like there's great perks with football it's been a tremendous way to live I'm sure but there's a degree of uncertainty that comes with it too I mean where where is your head at now like your contract's up so like what do you do at the moment are you just sort of in a little bit of a, a waiting game type of limbo oh it's just look this 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 is new for me to be honest it's the first mm. time I think it was seven years that I've been out of contract um you know, and, and it's a cutthroat industry and no more so than, you know, I, I was at Newport for, I signed five seasons ago, I played over 200 games and scored 60 odd goals and I got released on a 25 second phone call mm. um, and 10, 10 to 12 seconds of that was the manager introducing himself to me because he didn't, I didn't, or he changed his number. So it's effectively a 12 second phone call. Just on that, like uh, how, 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 how hurtful is that? It's not like you were there for uh, a loan spell or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, I've often heard of lads, you know, who've left League of Ireland clubs and they'll say, well, fair, fair play to the manager. He came and met me and he did it in person. It does seem to mean something. Yeah, look, I, I live, I think, three or four minutes away from the training ground here at Newport. Um, you know, I know there was the meetings going on with some of the players today. I was down in Exeter yesterday for the for promotion parade, and I literally was about to. I was with my mum, dad, my my wife, and my, my son, and uh, was walking to to go meet the bus, and got a phone call, and was with them. And as I said, the phone call happened so quickly they didn't even know that I was on the phone. Um, so it, look, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. I know what football's like. I know the way things go and the way things happen. Um, but yeah, it, it it does hurt, you know, that, that you can have such an affiliation or spend such a time at a club and, and look, it's worked both ways. But I suppose the the big thing is you, you hear players get criticised all the time for showing no loyalty or anything like that. And it works both ways. It works both ways with everyone. But I'm just looking forward to the summer now. Just kind of going back to Ireland in a couple of days uh, for a couple of weeks with my little boy um, and my wife. Um, going back to see family because we, we don't really get them to see them that often um, so looking forward to that and, and then going away from the holidays for a couple of weeks and and, and seeing what happens then in between Yeah, like I mean, I mean this is League of Ireland podcast you were previously linked with a with a move home I mean you, you see someone like Owen Doyle who like yourself started off in the sort of the, the Shamrock Rovers sort of uh, 
you know, the, the, the fringes of Shamrock Rovers went to Sligo Rovers. There's huge sort of parallels um, there. But like, I get the sense like some players, you know, actively wanted to move home and, and, and sort of that was part of their life plan. I think with you, it's a little bit more up in the air, right? Like it's not, are, are you set on where you want to live? Um, where you see your future? Like, are you open-minded to coming back here? Or what's your sort of mindset at the moment? Well, no, I'm open-minded. Like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't looking to try move in January, but when something came up like that, it was just, oh, and then to be honest with you, when it fell through, I was devastated because we had to have the, the, the big conversation about, because my wife is from Carlo as well, and, and we mm. had to have the whole conversation about our son going to school in a couple of years' time. We're kind of where where do we start getting him ready for his his preschool his play school stuff like that so you know things things change very very much so when when you when you have kids and and I think that's one of the big reasons Tyler's gone back mm. um to to Pat and um, you know he he always kind of wanted to go back and finish his career there I I'd never said anything of where I wanted to finish my career because or where I wanted to do anything because. You just don't know in football. You, you can have the greatest plan ever and, and it can all fall apart. You know, I, I didn't think I was going to be at Exeter this season and a week before the season starts, all of a sudden it's, it, my, I'm not wanted at, at Newport. Um, and then it's a case of, right, everyone's filled their squads. What am I going to do here? And luckily for me, Exeter was, was an option because it was commutable, number one. Um, so it meant that I didn't have to uproot my whole family or it meant that I didn't have to go off for, for the week and come back at weekends and, and miss out on on you know Owen's development and growing up and missing out on spending quality time with my wife as well because you know it, it, it's difficult on that side but as I said yeah I don't know what's going to happen in the summer um, I'm open to, to anything and that like you know that's not a, oh come, come and get me or yeah. come and do this or do that it's just a case of I know what football is like and you can't you can't say no I'm not going to do that because it could be the best option for you if something does come in that's completely random it could be from any country type thing but you know we we, we haven't really got a plan as such of going back or saying yeah we're this is this is definitely what we're going to do um we're just seeing what happens and I think in the next couple of weeks if you if you came back to the league of Ireland what player do they get now if if this club signs you I to get a player who's probably fitter than he's ever been in his life. Um, I'm, you know, I, I very rarely miss training. I, I lucky, I've touched one, I've been very, very lucky with injuries. Um, I missed a couple of weeks early in the season and it was, I had to get emergency surgery on an abscess. Um, so, but it wasn't, a, and it wasn't an injury, if that makes sense to you. Um, mm. So, I, you know, I don't usually get injured. I, I've been involved in a lot of games. Um, and I'm very, very fit. And, and and still raring to go. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's uh, strikers are still very, very much, uh, very much looked for in terms of the League of Ireland. I think we spoke about the, you know, the, there wasn't really, there haven't been many like out now kind of goal scorers. If you were to come back, and um, I guess it's a long time since you left the league. What sort of league do you think? Twelve years now. That's mad. Like, do you think? Um, how do you think you'd adapt to the League of Ireland? I think I'd adapt fine. I think it'd be be no problem. Um, I said I heard the conversation. I think probably off the back of Gary Deegan's one a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know what Gary was saying about he thought it was a it was a stronger league when he was playing, and I understand completely where he's coming from on that because I think there was so so many teams with with probably 
so much experience of players and how tough a league it was at that time and and everyone could beat everyone. I'm not saying that that's not the case this year, this this time around, but technically, you know, there's so many good technical players in the league now, and I think that's probably down to probably all those kids who came through the emerging talent, um, you know, through mm. the FBI for the last 10, 10 to 12 years. And you're seeing so many younger players now as well in the league, um, you know, and it is it is a great platform for them. But, you know, it, it's a fantastic league. It's, it's, a, it's a league that, you know, we, we desperately need to be strong as a country. Forget about everything else because you look at what's come through the, the, the League of Ireland in the last 10 years to go towards the, the national team and the mainstay of it has really been players who've been, you know, brought up from League of Ireland clubs. And that's important. I think that's going to be even bigger now coming going forward with, with the Brexit rules and and with everything else like that. So it, it's 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 important that the league is strong and, and it is a very strong league at the minute. There's some very, very good players that are going to move on and go to, to bigger bigger things. Um but then they'll be replaced by other young players coming through. Um so there's a good conveyor belt at the minute, I think. Just looking at your career in, in England, some kind of recognisable names at the level, Acton Stanley, Morecambe, Grimsby, Hartlepool, Newport County, Exeter City. Like a player like that that plays um, at that sort of level in his career, do you come back do, do you come back to Ireland then like kind of set up for life? Or are you like, no, I actually need work here. I need to keep I need to keep going. I need to put my kid into school and so forth. No, you don't come back set up for life. Jesus. No. It's um it's it's a very it's a very well paid job, but it's it's not what uh, some people have have a crazy idea of, of some of the wages. The top level players, yeah, you, you see, you see them, you know, get paid silly, silly money. Um, we get paid well, but it's 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 not it's not. Everyone's going to need a job. Mm. Um, you very rarely see a player who's coming back, even from League One. I'd imagine who come back and be set up for life, um, and and that's still really really well paid. And this is, I'm not saying that. Footballers don't get paid well. They do get paid very, very well. But the 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 difference between the the top level and the the lower level is is significant. Um, but then now you you've got some teams in 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 each league who throw out silly money um, every season. Um, you know, they, they because they've got the financial backing and there's no pressure on them. So the likes of Salford will will you know push it out for for players. To look at Wrexham and Stockport in the conference at the minute. And, and they have some very very high paid players there as well. So, but no, you you be you be looking for a job and you be you be trying to trying to trying to um, upskill and, and make sure you're ready for it. Yeah, because I mean, like we, I mean, Owen Doyle has his own sort of business interests and like various other players of different things going on. I think you know, you've you've looked down the coaching route really, uh, Parik, haven't you? Like that's something you've you've tried to get on the ladder with that as well, haven't you? Early doors, that sort of, which suggests you see your future in the game still longer term or, or do you have other thoughts in your head? No, I've, I've, I've always wanted to stay involved in it. Um, I've done my coaching badges, I've done my A licence about five years ago, I think it is now, or four years ago. Um, and I was involved in coaching at the academy in Newport as well, um, two and three times a week, um, which I really, really enjoyed. And, and, that is the route I want to go down. Like I suppose I kind of look at it the whole. I've, I've got you know 17 years experience at professional football um, at the at the minute, and I hope it keeps going for another few years. That's that's the the plan is to stay playing for as long as possible. But you know 
my I've always looked at and gone, if you've got 20 years experience in something, why would you give it up to restart everything else again? Because I think I've got good knowledge of the game. I think I can spot a player. I think I can understand what's going on in the game. Um, and I learned a lot more while I'd done my coaching by just doing that. I think it made me a better player. Mm. Um, because you look at things differently on the pitch. You see the reason why the manager is making specific decisions. Um, but tactically yourself, you're just you're more aware of what's going on around you. Um so I do want to stay in the game. Yeah, it would be probably going on the coaching route and um, and and sticking inside that that way as much as possible. But I suppose you never know. You never know in football what's going to happen. That is, I know it's a cliche that things change very very quickly, but you just don't know. I suppose. Mm. Um, I suppose we were talking about it before you came on, like the big talking point in the last week here is Stephen Bradley deciding to to turn down the chance to go to Lincoln. Um, what do you make of that? What did you make of his decision? Were you surprised when you heard it? I was surprised at the end of it because I thought he had, I thought I was almost done. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But but at the same, same token, it caught me by surprise at the very beginning as well when um, that he was linked. And that's, that's not because, because I think Brad was a, is a is a fantastic manager. Um, I played with him, um, and you could tell. Obviously, he was an unbelievable player. Technically, he was brilliant. Um, he would probably would be a player who would flourish in the league right now if he was, if he was mm. where he was, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago, um, because of how technical the league is. And I think that's he, that's probably why he's done so well as a manager right now. Um, he knows how to set the team up. He's got, um, he's recruited unbelievably well. Um, he's got some fantastic players at Rovers at the minute um, you know and he is going to go on and, and to bigger and better things um, you know I, I maybe thought initially would he would he go to a, a higher club but then Lincoln is a very very big club and I think probably in the last week I think people have realised when they sat back and look at it initially they go off oh, what it's a side step from going to Lincoln um, from Shamrock Rovers with European football and Shamrock Rovers is a massive club I, I grew, grew up supporting them but I think people in the last week have realised how big the English game is and how how strong the leagues are. Um, you know, when you go the whole way down, you look at there's probably 120 plus fully professional teams um, with academies, and you go you go down the system and and you're getting ten, twelve thousand a week in in League One. Some teams, some teams in League League Two are getting you know Bradford get fifteen, sixteen thousand. We had we we had. I think eight and a half thousand for the last four or five games. Mm. I think six was probably our average, which is, you know, Fourth you're tier. looking at a league league two team, and and that, that's I'm not saying extra is a big league two team because they probably really aren't. Um, but so there's bigger ones. So I think that is the one big thing I think people have realised in the last week how strong the English game is and and how big of a lower it is. But you know, fair play to Bradshaw. He's, he's made his decision. I think he he has a he has an idea in his head what he wants to do. Um, and, and he's got a time frame as well, which is which is key. Um, but it shows how good the league has been. That teams are going to look over here now, and and they want to they want to bring managers across who who are you know playing football the right way, um, and and playing exciting brands of football and, and bringing young players through. And I yeah. think that's something that Rovers are doing. It, it is striking, like that. Like Lincoln obviously had good respect for. Um, for Bradley, they seem to have good respect for the league, but I know that sometimes you hear the tales of like when people speak about the League of Ireland in the UK, 
you know, sometimes they, they wouldn't have maybe a huge amount of time for it. Um, like when it comes up in discussions with sort of, I don't know, uh, casually comes up, I don't know, with teammates or coaches or, you know, it was mentioned you might have been coming back or whatever. Like what what's the view that people would have of it over there, Porygas? It's still sort of um, mixed. It probably probably is mixed, yeah. And I think that's probably down to the fact that there's not as much exposure, maybe. Um, I think it's probably an ignorance towards it. If they actually sat down and watched a couple of games, they'd go, oh, that's actually not bad. And I think it's when you see players move across or when a, when a player gets a move across and has an impact straight away, well, then, you know, they're, 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 going, to, they're going to go, oh, maybe it, it can't be that bad then if he's come over and he's done really well straight away. Um and he's fitting into a team. I think probably that's that's what helps with the for the Irish players coming across with the summer season. They're coming into the middle mm. um into the middle of the season and you're almost ready to hit the ground running. Um so it, it's it's probably like I said, it probably is a little bit more of an ignorance towards from some people towards the league, but I think that's maybe the older ones now. I think the younger ones are looking at it and, and, and seeing what's what's happening because there's good players going across now and they're happy to go across. Younger players are happy to go across, get the exposure in Ireland, go, go play games and um, and then probably further their career elsewhere than after that. You, you would come back to a radically different year in those 12, a radically different league in those 12 years that you've been away. Yeah, yeah, of course. You'd be, you'd be coming back but I think if you, if you go away from any league for 12 years you're going to come back to a radically different league um, mm. there'll, be, there'll be teams teams probably that will weren't in existence when I left and there'll be teams that you'll wear Kildare County yeah. yeah yeah there you yeah, go so, so like you know you have you have team, teams like that um, name changes every, everything everything so you'd be coming back to a different league but be, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be coming back with an ignorance anyway I wouldn't yeah. if, if it was to happen because I've got so much respect for everyone who, who's who's over in Ireland, all the the players and, and the managers as well who are carving out careers from even at a local, yeah. even at your local level. I'm sure, like I presume the whole Carlow IT facilities of like they're at Wexford trained there, and I presume that's all kind of happens as you went away. Yeah, I was I, when I went back in. I went back for a, a week. The lead up to the Newport game, I couldn't play in the Newport game because of the loan deal. So the manager gave me a few days off and. I went back home with my son and, and I got invited into um, the IT in Carlow, now the university, um, to, to speak to the, the students um, in there in the, in the football course. Paul O'Reilly invited me into the FBI and it was brilliant to see the facilities. And the one thing I kept trying to stress to them was, like I obviously grew up in Carlow and that course is tailor-made for someone like me who was growing up 12 or 15 years ago, 16 years ago. But it wasn't available, and mm. the facilities they have are better than some of the facilities that football clubs will have in England. Wow! Um, you know, it's it, it's honestly it's unbelievable, and I don't think those people, those young people in there, realise it yet how 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 good the facilities are, and and it's only when they get out of it or go away from it they'll 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 realise they were blessed to have have all those facilities to to use on their doorstep, like. When when you were in with the those students, was there a Q and A? And like, did you just get asked about FA Cup and all those questions? Is that the recurring theme if it goes that way? Yeah, there, there, there was there was one one was an, was an unusual question. Was a fellow was asking? He said that he he got a photo with me in Orlando Airport um, <laughs> when I flew in on my honeymoon, um, and I actually remembered it happening because my wife had gone to the toilet and, and I was waiting outside and. 
he he came over. He was a young young lad. Um, and he was after asking me, could I could I get a photo? Um, it was in hand, I think. Is he's, he's at Rovers under 19s now, and and he um, wow. And uh, my wife came out just as the photo was being taken. As she was, as she came over, I said, "I just started. I said, I can't go anywhere when I've been asked for photos. It's embarrassing, like this joking." And I think there was a couple of Americans standing behind me, and I could hear them going, "Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Is he famous?" And I was going, I'm not, not far from it, no. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there was the, 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 obviously the, all the questions wouldn't. You generally, when you do a Q and A, it's the whole, you know, FA Cup. It's it's this, but. To be honest with you, because the industry they're in as well, and they want to learn, they're asking more technical questions. Or, you know, how some of them have come across to England and and they, they, they just they didn't fit properly, or it didn't suit them, and they ended up having to go home, maybe homesick, and they were wondering how do you cope with stuff like that. And they were really, really good questions, I think. But that's you're probably you're coming from that industry rather than their young kids who just want to know about Man City or Ronaldo or anything like that mm, yeah it's, it's good to see as well um, I know you've kind of slagged me for the going nice thing but like launching a, an elite football professional development programme with GTI and that, and that college link up like just could be so beneficial yeah, I, as well I was I was wondering how long Galway United was going to take before I got brought up it's 28 minutes sorry, sorry hang on before I, to be just, clear just, it, was, just, it was five sorry, just, seconds just, just into a Stephen there. Bradley interview just, just so. to stop you there sorry we, we've I'm Galway United have had the best start to a season that they've ever had in the first oh, division in the first, <laughs> the first division but uh, you know so things are going very very well so 50 minutes in or whatever it is so um, in fairness though this no, is a link they're, they're, they're doing brilliant they're doing brilliant this year and some of the stuff they're doing over there is fantastic and Galway needs a strong Team in, you, in I thought you were going to say needs a striker. Ammons, come and get me to John Coffey. I can see it now. <laughs> Always the best city in the world. Lovely part of world to live. By the way, that's mm. son of yours. I'm following you on Instagram. I mean, there is a, he is literally the ring of you. Bring him to Galway. He'll have the best life ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've, I've got that a little bit. It's like there's definitely no denying it's my son. No, anyway, no, yeah. no. Yeah, no, it's um, not fair. Um, just, I'm just thinking, you, you mentioned off air. Like you would watch games on the Friday night if you're overnight in Exeter, and and um, I think you were watching Shells and Sligo last week, which I don't think Johnny, you didn't, you weren't at that game, Johnny, were you? No, you. No. So ne- neither of us saw that game. So you can probably bring us some some insight. What what did you make of it from from watching it, Pudge? Well, you're asking you're asking me after being out in the beer for three days. And got a bit, so memory is memory is. Johnny's out in the beer for three days before every show. Uh, so I mean, come on, you <laughs> so know, get, get involved. It was it was it was a decent. I thought shells were were very good. To be honest with you, I thought look, they've got some very very good players. Luke Byrne is very strong at the back, um, and Jack Mylan is just. I think he's an absolute. I, I, I had the first game of the season when they played Pats. I watched and um, Pats beat them three 0 and I'd never seen Jack play before, and and I probably hadn't heard of Jack before that, and he was probably the best player on the pitch in a team that got beat three 0 um, and you know you can you can see how. You can see how talented he is, and he scored a fantastic goal the other night. But he always looks like he's going to do something when he gets the ball. He's one of those players that just lifts you off your seat. Just, just you're thinking something could happen here, something could happen here. And you know, shells, shells have done well, done well to get him. Um, and I think he's going to be a really good player. But you know, shells were comfortable throughout the game, um, and they probably should have been further ahead. And then when you, I suppose, you miss those chances. You always give the the opposition a chance to get back into the game, and and, and I think that's what happened with with Sligo, and 
you know, it, it just when you're on top, you need to take all your chances. And I think that's that's what, what happens in in football every week. You see you see teams do it, and um, it was a, it was a good game. It was a, it was a really good game. It was a great atmosphere there. Um, the weather didn't probably help for the last uh, the last kind of half an hour of the game. It looked absolutely horrible. Um, I felt sorry for the Sligo fans in the behind yeah, the goal. Yeah, behind the goal there. Um, yeah, yeah um, especially considering that they, they probably weren't happy to they've lost and then had to travel back to Sligo in in and they're, they're, they're drowned in wet. So um, got to get you on Sligo actually, Bob. Just for you, I think just the, the point you make on Moylan, I, I couldn't get over um, Bose letting him go, and I think a lot of people were a bit surprised that Bose let him go. He just looks such a good player. Um, Sligo Rovers, I don't know. Every time they seem to have any sort of a dodgy-ish run. I, I was texted last night they 47 points from the last 37 games. Somebody had to come up with that stat to make it sound like, oh, you know, I mean, the next three games are pretty, I think they have three tough games coming up. At the moment, they're fifth in the table. Um, what, you know, what's the, what was your memory of the club? Because I, I, I find that they're, they're kind of almost become accustomed to being a very good team and I still think they're, they're doing really well. They are doing well. They've been in Europe for the last four years or three, four years. They've qualified for for, for three Europe. years and in the bounce, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing really well, and, and you know, it, it, when I was at Sligo, I loved it being there. It was it was my first time I moved away from home properly. Um, it was a proper chance to, to kind of. I knew I had to make that move to see whether I could live away from home before something ever happened, whether mm. England or Portugal, whatever it was going to be. Um, and it was a great start for them. When we went over there, you know, everyone was, we all lived in the same village. It was a close-knit group mm. that, that Cookie had. Um, and it was a very good group. And obviously the, those players went on to, to win the league title and win loads of trophies. I was only there for a short time, but, but I loved it. And the club was so, so good towards me and so welcoming to me and my family when they came up to watch the games. And they, they're doing they're doing really well. They, they, finish, they finish in the top three, top four of the league every season, if not every other season. You know, Everyone wants to win league titles, of course they do, but it's really, really hard. Um, for them to get players across the Sligo, sometimes it's it's a little bit harder than than some of the Dublin teams because people they'd rather stay in Dublin and 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 move from club to club. And there's nothing wrong with that because it means you're around your family more often and with your friends, and you're in a better environment. You're not moving away from home and being on your own, and that's why I think it was important when I, you know when I went over. Cookie had the team like a family because they had lads from Liverpool, you know, lads from Dublin were going across, um, lads from all over the country, and they were all away from the families. There was no one that was within three, two or three hours of the families, so they had to have family over there, and that family was the team. And like before you go, we will have to wrap up and wait, wait till you move to Galway if you like Sligo. But um, before you go, any good Paul Cook story that is anyway, you know printable so to speak that uh, we can relate because just the, everyone talks about the that spirit that he brought to the to the club and that kind of sense of old school kind of management it was, uh, he was look he, he was unbelievable for me um, he done so much for me in a short time I remember one I turned up on the Thursday once I think we were, we were playing on a Friday night and I was the only fit striker at the time Blinks was after getting injured and Dialer was playing on the wing um, at the time um, and I was obviously was after scoring a few few goals so far, and he just said to me, he knows that I love training, and I love, and I hate when I miss training if I ever. And turn up on the Thursday, it was at Strand Hill, and he said to me, "You're not training today." And I'm going, "What do you mean I'm not training? I'm fit, I'm training." Because you're not training today. I was like, oh, "What am I supposed to do?" And he said, "Well, have you got your golf clubs with you?" 
And I said, yeah, in the boot of the car. He said, well, go over to Strand Hill Golf Club. I said, I'll be over. We'll set up training here. I'll be over there in, in 20 minutes here. So we went over, played a, played around the golf on the Thursday night. We played on the Saturday. Or I think it was maybe Thursday and we played at home on the Saturday. So, or the Friday. I can't remember exactly what it was at the time. But I remember finishing the round of golf. And I was thinking, because I love playing golf, and I remember finishing it going, no other manager would ever probably do this with you. But this was his way of of making sure that you're ready for the game and not going to get injured and his team is, is ready. And I went out on the, the weekend and scored a hat-trick because all I could think was, I want to play golf again next week. I don't, <laughs> you know, if I don't have to train, I want to play, but I didn't want to let, I didn't want to let the manager down after him kind of putting that faith in me um, and and putting the trust in me that he wanted me available for that game. He wanted to make sure that I was an important player for him. Mm. So it was just just little things like little nuggets like that show why he's such a good manager. Um, he makes you go out into the pitch and feel like you're the best player on the pitch, even if you're the twenty second best player on the pitch. You know, you 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 don't go onto the pitch thinking thinking anything else apart from this manager really likes me and we're going to win this game and we're going to do well. And it's no surprise that. You know, he had that Sligo team doing really well. It was the beginnings of, I think, all the success they had in the in the three four years afterwards. Mm. Um, and it's probably one of the best periods the club has ever had. Um, and maybe that's why the club is is some of the supporters are. I think maybe we should win more titles or should win more cups or more leagues, whatever it is because of how successful the team was around that period. Yeah, um, be, care, be careful but, what you wish for, I think. Is, is, and who, was it a competitive game of golf, by the way, to be clear? Was it a, or was it a more social? He, social? he was abandoned, but he couldn't put, he used to put with a five iron because he had the yips. Um, <laughs> but I think I think he might be a little bit better now. Um, if, yeah. he, if he can find some time to play golf between going to watch Liverpool playing and and, uh, and managing themselves. So, um, no, it's, um, he, he was a brilliant manager. He was brilliant for me. He, he you know, Kind of gave me, gave me. He said he told me when I signed. He actually, we played them in Talca Park and walking out. He said, "I'm going to sign you next year because you keep scoring against me." Wow! And he was true. He was true to his word. He said that the only. He said you can't score against me if you're in my team. So, um, so that was. Um, I remember him saying that I was walking with my mum and dad, and that kind of was one of the things that always stuck me as well. But he was a really, really good manager. I know John Caulfield actually loves signing players that played well against Cork City in that back in the day. I'm telling you, I'm, this, this, this just could happen. You could be in Galway. Who knows? Just behave yourself, John. This is. Uh... He'd love Galway. Yeah. Um, okay. Reasonably affordable house prices. Uh, the club will look my, after I you. My, I had my stag do in Galway. So there we it, go. Was a, it was a great layout. What a city. It's been great having you yeah. on. Thanks so much, Padge. Best of luck with everything in the coming weeks. Thanks very much for having me on. Top man, on. It's, br- it's brilliant. I love listening to it, travelling down to Exeter every day. Oh, that's good stuff. No wonder your goal scoring rate has gone down a bit in the last <laughs> year or so, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was Pori Gammond. Um, interesting. I think a lot of uh, League of Ireland clubs are like, ooh, I wonder, is there any chance he might be with us next season? Coming back if he did at 34, which is hardly exactly ancient. Looked at Rory Gaffney last night. Um, just literally turned the game. What is he, 31, 32? Best player in the pitch, really. In some ah, respects. yeah. Like I, I, um, I, I ages, any, ages, but... It, I wouldn't have any issues. It's a young man's that. game, though, Dan. Well, it's a young man's game, but there's always a room for experienced players coming mm. back, like, because, as, as I mentioned before, like, a lot of the promising young players then also leave, you know? Sorry, promising young players. I mean, again, a bit of a tangent. Promises goal on, on Friday. Quality, quality, quality. Yeah. Like, we have some good, we have some good strikes in the League of Ireland. Maybe they're not banging in goals every week, but... No, uh, he's talented. He's yeah, talented. talented so, our trivia question, 
last week. The, what was it again? Uh, it was what club did Dinny Corcoran not play for in the oh, top something yeah, or other? Yeah, yeah. And the winner was. Well, the answer was the answer was <laughs> the winner the was question, the question was a little bit better than that just in case you didn't listen. Which of the top four Dublin clubs did Dinny Corcoran not play four. for? Uh, the big four Dublin clubs. The answer is Shamrock Rovers. He did not. He was never a hoop. Um, he was out in his hoop a few times, but it sounds on, on Dutch goals. Yeah, but yeah, uh, he, very he, honest about that. Yeah, he was. But um, the, the answer was Shamrock Rovers, and the winner was Keen Roach. Keen Roach. Um, so we've to send a few brews to him. This week's question is a sort of guest house brewery. You may, if you were paying real attention to the last interview, you might have coughed it. But uh, Parry Gammond, in his uh, previous League of Ireland existence, played for three League of Ireland clubs. There was Shamrock Rovers. There was Sligo Rovers. What was the third club? Get That's your fair. question in. You can get us at a. LOI Central Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Time for the mailbag now, shortly. Let's uh, go to the mailbag. Uh, hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. What's happened this week? See, the mailbag gives us a chance to like cover other talking points that we didn't really get to, to deal with. Like Keith Nutley has this one. He wants us to talk about Talca Park being saved and Picotto being announced. So yeah, have you seen this? So first of all, so by the way, Talca Park, you know the Save Talca Park banner has now been turned into Rave Talca Park because <laughs> for some reason, uh, Mara Picotto, uh, the DJ sort of figure, do you know Mara Picotto is? To be honest, I, I, I'll, be honest I'll be honest, I'll be honest. I didn't, I'm just, we're not, we're not with it, Johnny. We're not What's with it. What's tune again? So the song, the song is... Komodo, but he's got other songs. But so I looked into the backstory of this. So like this guy is a well-known. Uh, our producer Dell has a T-shirt with "Get Born" on it. Is that is that a reference to that? I mean, I don't even know what it is. Um, but I have to look this up for you. So, so he is coming. To, so 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 Shelburne announced that that Mara Bricotta was coming to do an after-hours show in Talca Park on the twenty-fourth of June. This is Gavin White written all over it. Now I might yeah, be wrong. I, I have the backstory. I have the backstory. Um, but uh, it's how co- does Komodo go again? I'm just trying to think. So, okay, so listen. Here's a clip. Okay, this is a clip that Shells sent to the man himself, which played a part in the, the oh, sort wow. of the, the courtship. So the Shells fans have adopted this song Komodo, and this is the origin. So if people want to know what the song is, here we go. <laughs> So you, so you know that song is like you must know it like yeah you must, did you, when you heard it there did you recognise like that's the it's tune now there's actually other songs that he has as well I actually went through a sort of a, a the, the playlist on like Spotify this he morning. has other songs he has as well other, it's not just it's not what <laughs> Mauro, but it's like so have you other songs Mauro you're playing Komodo well, there but it's, it's like this story years ago I think Ken Early has told us but I was also there that night the, the famous night that we all met Hadaway in um in it was, I think it was in Innsbruck in 2008 at the year of 2008 and what happened was that um after the game I think it was Spain Russia when they met in the group stage we there was a sort of group of journalists there and we were invited like to downtown Innsbruck um or afterwards where uh there was like dinner and drinks behind stage at some gig or other and um we went behind and Hadaway was there <sighs> 
right? Like, and I think Ken Early was with Off the Ball at the time and played at an interview with Hathaway. But we, there was a group of us ended up spending a night in the company of Hathaway. And of course, it was like Hathaway what is love Hadaway but look, there was this real awkward moment when you're asking about some of his other songs like it's like mm, don't know too much for the other gigs and like, all, the, all the best Hadaway but, but the thing is like uh, I can't even remember it's this 57 now, now. It's, it's like 14 years ago now but like there was all sorts of, number one in all sorts of stuff happened I think we ended up ringing Dr. Alban on his phone Do you know Dr. Alban <laughs> From uh, saying hallelujah, you know that song, right? So he had like, Hadaway like, was completely loose and open. And uh, like, he looked through it and he had Dr. Alban in his phone <laughs> as Dr. Alban. I don't know if his name is John or something. But like, we ended up like ringing Dr. Alban, um, you know, telling stories about like uh, other sort of stars of the era that he'd spent sort of time with and on yachts and various things. But then it turned out, right, the sad thing was, I don't think anyone turned up for this gig. So it didn't actually take place. So like, he was outside doing a Sound check and all this, and then that's great. So yeah, but like he he was big. Um, he was big in the uh, big behind the iron curtain. Like he, he had a big t- he had a big fistful of boarding passes that he was carrying around <laughs> in his pockets, right? Of places that he'd been to, and he was like producing these various boarding, and he was heading off the following day to like Moscow or something like that to do some kind of gig. Are about things now. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know, but it's a classic thing. That's but, mad. But but, but I. Anyway, Mark Picotto is a is a much is a much bigger deal than that. So what happened was that Gavin White from Shells um, sent him a couple of uh, I don't know was an Instagram or social sent him how the Shells fans had adopted that song as a tune and sent it to the man himself and he he shared them. And then Gavin, being resourceful, who's the press officer, but also involved in sort of general communications knows and stuff in the club, knows his music. Uh, very good friends with, like, for those I love. Mm. Who, he also has a name as well. It's not like Dr. Alvin's, like, you know. I presume he has him on his phone as David Balf, not for those I love. But um, but anyway, he sent, he noticed that Mario Picotto was playing Punchestown on the 25th of June, sent him a message and said... We're, there, we're playing the night, you know, we're playing the night before. Do you fancy coming to Talca? That is absolutely The man quality. himself initially suggested doing a half-time show until I think he was informed that the acoustics in Talca wouldn't be maybe Imagine the best Duffer, like, ah, Bring him on, bring him on. Wait till, wait, we'll give the delay in the second half. Duffer would be probably in the sideline. He'd be sideline band, so he'd end up having to sit through it in the stand watching it. Um, but he's, you know, his son apparently plays underage football with Wales, so he has a bit of a football link. But he's basically agreed to come and do it for free in the bar in Talca Park afterwards I think it's going to be limited to maybe 300 so it's just going to be like season you know it'll be shells regulars and stuff but you saw this announced and you just see people going what because people, people who are big into that scene like are, are like going how does this guy come into play in Talca like it's just there's such a weird League of Ireland sort of culture crossover and like do you think about it like if he was pictured in a Kerry jersey or something everyone in yeah. official Ireland would lose their mind yeah. you know um, if they'd heard of him but like <laughs> but, but, but like you know if, if it was like you know you see Mauro what was that story recently about like some Kerry fella flew to Brazil to meet Ronaldinho I saw, I was all because over, it's like, some lad with a bit yeah. of a GA back yeah. there's a bit of and you can already see the headline like, you won't believe oh, Ronaldinho's oh, reaction to or some guy had a carry jersey at the yeah. Masters or something yeah. it's like fuck off you know well to be fair Julian Canney did get a lot of yeah. Uh, oh yeah it's true actually yeah, yeah it's true yeah. but then it wasn't it, been as it wasn't like Rory Stories was making a video yeah. about it or something you know yeah. that whole thing but yeah. like, this, no, guy, you, this guy's you. coming to like do a do a gig Gav, can I get on the guest list go into a gig go into a gig tonight because this morning right this morning I don't want to go I should give it give it to a fan who deserves it but I was I was in the I was in the house this morning and I was put it on and like my daughter was there and uh, she sort of now listens to a lot of bizarre music with me right so 
she has this vegetable trolley. She has this vegetable trolley that she like pushes around our, our kitchen, you know. So uh, I put on that song, like the Komodo song. Vegetable like, trolley, yeah. more sweet. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it'll be a great story in twenty years Same if that's what she does. And, like from an early age, that was her passion. But like, um, so I played this, duh, 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 and then she grabbed the trolley and started bouncing her head. Started like, and I was like, oh my god, what the hell happened? And then she went over to the oven and started pulling, out, started banging her head again, uh-huh. looking in the oven. That's class. And I was like, oh my God, it's like some kind of trance sensation. This is where it all started, you know? Um, um, but anyway, we've come that, to a bit tangent here. That's amazing. It is, I, I'm um, going to going to gig with Adrian Taff of LMFM tonight. Uh, is this not a house gig, is it? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not a house gig. It's in his kitchen this time. <laughs> um, it's a, it's Kinsey gig. And of course, Gavin White's like, oh yeah, I know. I know like her lead something or other. He knows everyone. He knows well, everyone in music. Um, Mara Picotto or Moral Piccolo, as I called them might, in a predictive we, text. We, we might have a curry afterwards. Oh God, Intent. yeah. I saw someone, yeah, someone sent a picture of uh, yeah. Adam Partridge with the recording uh, mic as though Curry with a Ford official or like his pitch like monkey tennis <laughs> Curry with a Ford official um, um, what congratulations else? Uh, that's all I'll say congratulations to the big man delighted for you yeah. I mean, you know the reference so uh, Jason Shanahan or I think his name is Penny's Graham Cummins he sent us an interesting message is there a market for an LOI boxing card similar to the recent trend of YouTube boxing suggested fights uh, McDonald and me against Connor Hoy Winner decides the future of United Park. I mean, I'd hope we both want the same conclusion. Mm. That I mean, that's mm. not the whole point. But um, head in the game w- won't be. It wouldn't be a very good fight. Uh, Pat Devlin against the Bray fan. Oof, let's not go in your phones. Fa- Fabio O'Brien versus Greg Bulger. Loser hands back their wages. A lot of boon for Greg Bulger last night. Yeah, tell yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about that fight. Um, yeah, I get in trouble the last time I mentioned Fabio, so I probably shouldn't shouldn't mm. go there again. Um, what else have you got? Uh, Barry K. Higgins comments last week that is, uh, or, or I didn't mention Fabio, that was the point, sorry. Um, if I'm doing a top 50 pundit list, maybe you might. might. Uh, Barry K. Higgins comments last week that his players don't get penalties unless they go down. Oh, Fr- yeah. Friday night, a shoulder to shoulder challenge, and player drops to his knees, and a penalty is given. Bowe should have left Derry with points. I mean, that was a scandalous penalty. It was decision. a bad call. It um, must be said. I mean, now, we've given Derry a lot of love earlier on. That's in the not show. to say like Derry would have come into the game, I think, and they were on top. But at the same time, it was it was yeah. a bad decision. I have to say as well, there were um, a couple of texts about the refereeing in, ta- in Tala last night. Ver- a visit compared to the Welsh officials that were there on Friday because yeah. it was one of these sort of... Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not apt to bemoan officials. I didn't think last night was great, no, to be honest. I think some of the some of the stuff at the end got a bit ne- unnecessarily out of hand. Um, I didn't think the officials... And there were a lot of angry kind did, of... Did people. you discuss it in your Chinese buffet with them afterwards? Um, actually, so, living in Harrow's Cross now, so <laughs> not familiar with the... Tell us, tell us a bit of a strange place. You just you like come out of the ground at like twenty to eleven, and it's just dead. You're just waiting for a bus home, like, and you get the bus. But home very similar to the experience of you know grounds in the UK and stuff. Like, you know, yeah, not every ground is in a city centre. It like does need a kind of a. It does need oh. like a real. Fu- I know the Maldon or whatever, but it does need a real fulcrum for fans. I think maybe there's one there. Well, we should like, mention like the the the, the, the rave talk at Park. We got uh, we went off on a sort of a Picato sort of tangent there, um, but. Uh, like the, the whole news that Talca is, is effectively ah, it's it, it's, now this is a, it must be said it's not 100% confirmed it's a recommendation in, in Owen Keegan's mm. report but looks good. It looks like it's been added. And the fact that Pat's under the radar has been added to the mix mm. as well too. When they had their issues with council a couple of years back when they wanted to, to take the Michaels estate land, which is the Michaels thing itself has turned out to be quite a delay. Mm. It's meant to be like the cost rental housing and stuff and it's it's anyway, it's a bit of a tangent. But um 
I think there seems to be a vibe that Daily Mount still won't be affected. We had one or two comments about that. Mm. Like, will Daily Mount happen? I, I believe it will. I think, unfortunately, the reasons that will happen are maybe it's how Irish life works. I think some big political people have got themselves heavily involved. The FAI, and de- they just cannot preside over uh, a failure to deliver that project. But again, it's a little bit vague, sketchy think about, about the what, future, the Pats thing, what the Pats yeah. thing may entail. And again, like my, my fear with this has always been that you end up with like a series of substandard stadiums being maintained. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to aspire to all of Dean's grounds being modern and good. Now, Shells, I mean, Shells looks like they're going to be coming up with their own money for it appears. I mean, they, I think they have to they have to pay money back to the council and all mm. these things to, to make. I this think happen. once Duffer got involved, um, you know, it was looking good. But like when we had Shane Dawson on, that seemed like a good while ago. Now it was probably in the middle. That of was COVID. in the middle of COVID. It was. And yeah. in fairness, I don't know if the time Dan at the time if it looked um, that great in terms of the talk prospects. But like there aren't that many League of Ireland grounds in Dublin. Like and you've if you could think Tallaght, Inchicore, Daly Mount, and Shelburne, they're very distinct grounds in different. No, no, and Inchicore, as we know, the area needs yeah. massive sort of massively li- um, massive life. So so. Uh, that's it's great. No, it's happy days. We've enough bad news. Vaughan Burns sent us a screen grab of the greatest sentence in sports journalism. Bradley was hoping a quadruple, and this is clearly yours. Bradley was hoping a quadruple substitution would work out at half time for Rovers. With Liam Buckley nearby looking like a man who was given half a minute to solve a crossword. He looked the just, team's it was like, in fairness to Bucko, like, I mean, what are you going to do? It was a completely different team. And he was, he was getting, he was like frantically looking at his notes. Oh my God, what do I do here? They were good line. down with it. Karen McDonald asked, how did the two of you get into journalism? <laughs> Why, why did the two of us get into journalism? I don't, I don't have that issue at all. People go, why do you go? We're lucky to be in journalism. I don't regret it at all. People say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't, I hate, I hate, right, I hate people right. in media complaining about being in media. You're actually one of the lucky ones to be in it. You know, people always say, anyway, that's a little bit of my tangent. I got into it because I started writing for the Going Night of Match program when I was about 16 and just, yeah, that was basically it. That was go, The Going Night of Match program got me to journalism. Simple yeah, as. no, I mean, I set up my own website uh, in my mid-teens Covered well. in the air. Argos. Yeah, the, no, the, no, the Argus. The Argus. Argus. Argos is the catalogue. Argus. Argus. The Argus. I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't next to a, like a, a, I don't know, <laughs> an iPod stand or something like in page, page like. Uh, I'll have, Me is vegetable, though. Me is <laughs> so, vegetable someone stand. punches 3207 into it and they get really permused when someone comes out with a printout about the dark match reports from the 90s. Um, the worst there, was the Argos of all time. Um, yeah, I listen, similar. I, I think like it was a different. It was a different time, you mm, know, but but it was a different time. Different time. Um, like, the, I think of my early years in journalism, and I'm sorry if Carl asked the question, I'm sorry if people aren't interested in it, but a lot of my early gigs in journalism would have been on freelance gigs that don't necessarily exist now, you know. Um, there would have been more work for freelancers. I was able to, to make a living for a couple of years as a freelance covering one sport. It's very hard to do that for people now to make a living, say, with an interest in one sport. I was so, at the Bally Doyle yesterday morning, right? And You I, need to be a little bit more of an all-rounder now. It's, if it's if hard. you take out the industry, papers is basically like there are no racing journalists maybe bar one or two left in Ireland mm. it's, that's racing itself and race Irish racing but we're a leader yeah and but that's I, just where we're at the one thing I would say I don't think neither either of us worked off sort of connections as such but we had to like had to do a lot of graft I, I did did you yeah I got into Satanta purely because you know Neve O'Mahony from Cork City was there oh, okay. yeah straight in literally <laughs> out of college nowhere to live I'll give you a couple of weeks work and um, haven't left the, game, the, game, since. the game's gone I, yeah. I apologise thanks for that. Neve. but um, yeah you can send us send us direct messages for more guidance of that nature <laughs> <laughs> or not um, what is love John, 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 <laughs> loads of other songs there's more, there's more to us than this uh, John, John White why are the pitches so bad is a fair question yeah I, I suppose you've touched on it with Liam Buckley and I, I again like 
yeah, I, I, we've covered this again. We'll maybe come back to it in more detail, but clearly there's a resources issue. Mark McCarran, on Derry, Derry's brand new well struggles, I'm left wondering how much of a factor the pitch is. And the ball often looks like it holds up more than grass. I do think sometimes if you go and play against, if a very well-drilled team goes to one of the artificial pitches and defends really well, mm. you can sort of upset a game. Um, the ball doesn't bounce naturally. I mean, it, it changes and the pitch changes. And just on, on the pitches and like on streams, I, I again spend my 12 euro or whatever on Friday to watch a really entertaining and well-presented game uh, in Brandywell, but I also spent five euro for the St. Coleman's Park experience. Oh, my like the ball. God. Like, like the I think there was like 650. It was like the giant sun from the it, Teletubbies. It, it was highway to heaven. It was like you could just the sun. It was like six, <laughs> 650 people at the game. It's covered doing well in terms of community. You might, the first three goals, Dan, God knows what happened. Who knows what I happened. certainly don't. It's like the, it was like, unbelievable. Like the time, there's couldn't this, see anything. There's, there's the, the suspicion that that horse in 1947, Kahoo, that he didn't actually run in the Grand National. It was a massive <laughs> yeah, fall. He just yeah. came out full of running. Or like, did, did, yeah. they, did someone just like poke the ball into the net when no oh, one could like see it? The turtle and the hare analogy whatever anyway it was bizarre but thankfully the game was over at half time so the tortoise the tortoise in the hair rather yeah uh, listen whatever it's, it's you don't know our tor- we don't know our tortoises from our turtles here to be- um, I don't know our piccolos from our piccados <laughs> um, Altai delighted Bradley is staying keep our talents in the league also lads for any coaches you may uh, may have on I think this is a good point Georgia Kelly was saying last week with the physicality in league one what are full time clubs in LOA not doing to match that physicality see I think the issue is I remember Pat Fenlon speaking about this years ago when Shells played I think a team from Denmark I think it's because the players have spent their whole lives in a full time um, conditioning environment it's not a case of like you can do loads of training and you get up to it like even Mm. the dog had a very good culture right but you hear these stories of Jamie McGrath came to the club and practically couldn't lift a weight Mm. you know because the, where the clubs where he was at growing up that wasn't there so this is the point about the full industry if you go and meet guys in their mid-twenties who've been playing in England for 10 years they've been in a consistent environment all the way through whereas yes you can have a, a good environment at a particular club but that's built up over a couple of seasons so I think I think that's the point I think that the, 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 the it's the overall industry it that's is true. an interesting point yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of why I think I've had a fitful gym regime slash and that's why um, you know the collar and cuff experience I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to just like not eat that much that's why we look like we do we haven't we've been in and out of the gym kind of in and out of oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't of. think it can be equated to that of a professional footballer although you're, no. you're doing a lot of cycling to be I fair am, but I, I mean yeah, yeah there, was a, there, there was a reference to um, Andy McNulty uh, had an interesting one alright um, is Johnny's birth name Johnny John or Jonathan it's been itching me for some time now John is it John yeah I mean oh, that, is it? that'd be the odds on shot yeah, do, do you know my father Sean yeah well, I was on I was on air recently and I realised I don't know my confirmation name uh, we did have that did you I find out since no, no. my parents don't even know yeah, it, it really I mean, had a big yeah. impact on me mine was I was going to go with Duncan because Duncan Ferguson was like a, a name I liked at the time and the teacher was like that. that's that's just a joke so I went with Robert and said there Duncan, we go Duncan, big dunk Duncan Donuts yeah. it could have been <laughs> an issue with your uh, career yeah. uh, I haven't even gone to it that was we a are lot. nearly finished we, we were fl- sorry we had a big yeah. mail like this we got some, some, yeah. good, some good content in there so I know Dell is looking at us going lads we've gone way over time here but I mean gig starts at 6 o'clock he did want that confirmation name answered. Uh, or not the confirmation. He wanted your birth, your birth question answered. I didn't even mention the first division and Cork City's horrifically late uh, winner. Alone, in, in, yeah. Alone, yeah. Jerry, a lot of the questions on Instagram we've been covered. Yeah, consistency is a real struggle for teams outside of Rovers. That is true. I think Derry have been reasonably consistent, but definitely that third to sixth. 
um, that battle for third I think it can be in much for much Graham, Graham Merrigan says Rovers win the league with double figures why are Derry dropping points and here's the point I'm guessing Graham was at, at the Rovers game last night but Derry were good last night I'm not sure they'll win the league with double figures I mean maybe they will maybe because they're exceptionally good but I think if Rovers have a if Rovers have a good European campaign um, I just, I just, I, I think do, Friday's quite big. I'd be, I'd be wary of underestimating there. Even if Rovers go four clear on Friday, yeah, I think I it's more the manner of the game, right? So, like when the last time I watched Derry mm. at Shamrock Rovers last year, they just like ran over them in the second half. So that, like, it has to be a close game. I, I'm very intrigued. As to I how think it's going to be go. a great game. Like yeah. Irish Higgins. Hopefully, I, the way the weather is. We'd feel like this, you know, Bradley would struggle in England unless he's given the best budget. In your thoughts, I, I just don't think that's particularly fair. But I he's think going to Lincoln as well. There's, there's no doubt that at the moment, Bradley now has the biggest budget in the league. Um, now Dundalk would have the biggest budget the last couple of seasons. But they were mad. Like there's no, we talked about it before. Like there's no doubt that he he worked himself into a position where they have a bit of an advantage now. But he didn't start off with that, you know. Yeah. Um, um, remember, the sho- Zulu, remember, uh, remember the shock when Ronan Finn left Dundalk to go to Rovers. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Bradley references the chat. Interesting. Bradley references the chat with Finn. It's. Uh, I assume at that stage, Bradley's selling Finn the project to to go. Yeah. I remember looking at Ronan Finn something. coming off the pitch in games uh, where they were like miles off it, and I was like, "Why did you do this?" And just to mention, sorry, Gavin Bazuna just like the the the, the this lad like just posing for photos with everyone, big smile on his face. And I tell you that I was just looking at, I was looking at him kind of in the in the tunnel last night, and I was just hoping that if he does ever become like a Man City's keeper or like the best keeper in the league or whatever he that he never changes because he just seems to have this beautiful air of like being a good I, decent I don't lad. think there's any chance yeah. of him changing yeah but back at both games and great for everyone to be able yeah, to post no, photos no, with him no Peter Fitzpatrick regular visitor of the show was so delighted that his grandson could get a photo of Bazuna and I don't think we should underestimate how much that means to a kid remember when you were a kid and you had your heroes like Gavin Bazuna is a hero to a lot of these kids yeah and look some people might go out to meet Mara Picato as well. Yeah, I thought you were going to do Okay, we, we never even mentioned, like, we, we, we never even mentioned, like, Dundalk going to UCD and, like, so, yeah, was, I the, mean, what was going on there? Dundalk bows on Friday. I mean, Dundalk, their story of their season is very good at home and very average away. Unbelievably bad away. And, and they got sent off. So that's a, that's a big game, though, that, because... Well, they're the, all big games. Dundalk so. Bo- well, yeah, but Dundalk bows, neither of them are in Europe this summer, so they'll have an uninter- they have actually a game in hand now on Sligo and Pass, because mm. those games last night, Sligo Rovers and Pass, because those games were sort of brought forward. Um, if Dundalk could win that game, they have a little cushion, you know, but they had an opportunity last week um, I think that'll be a good game in terms Shamrock of Rovers Derry is going to be sorry yeah, yeah Shamrock Derry Shell, draw it as well Shamrock Rovers Derry I think is going to be a fascinating game because like Derry are now getting used to teams some teams are going to camp in against them um, but this this won't be like that and Rovers I think will ask I think both teams will have questions asked of them that different teams don't mm. I think Derry are very good but um, like Shane McElhenney has been excellent but they'd say last night they had Patching playing in front with Dummigan um, you know with, with Joe Thompson sort of further ahead like Will a better side ask more questions, say, of patching defensively if that's where he plays? Talk of McElhinney being more, injured, and I presume that's Patrick McElhinney? Yeah, so like, so that, I don't know. Like, mm. So, like, will better teams, like, will a better team like Rovers, but then the flip side is, will Derry be better able to punish Rovers mm. compared to other sides? Sean, like, Rovers a, played Sean Kavanagh left of a back three last night. Like, they, they've totally mixed it yeah, up. Yeah, I just don't think um, they could do that against Derry. No. You know, so um, I think there's a lot to it. Um, Finn Harps UCD is interesting, because UCD, if they win that, they're definitely giving themselves, like, a realistic chance they, well, at the moment anyway. they're, they're picking up points but they still they need have, a win still have money they need a win I, I, I think they'll go to Harps believing they can definitely win and this is mm. one of the games uh, Sligo Sh- Sh- Shells draw the um, Shells draw the again if Shells can back to back home wins 
that sort of gives them a little bit of comfort mm. in their situation. Because um, Drada, after a good run, have suddenly had one or two defeats. And I should uh, mention Mark Hughes as well, having to retire at, like, in his 20s anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about his age, actually, but yeah. yeah. In, definitely in his 20s, and, and tough luck on him. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's been really sad, and, and we might hear from him at some stage. Sligo Rovers against Pats, I mean, again, it's a, it's a significant fixture in that sort of third to sixth battle, but they're, I mean, they're all going to be... Um, in that context what first division yeah I mean Cork pulled it out late against that loan oh against um, Thomas Alou obviously ex-Goal United him he, he missed a kind of a, a rebound from a penalty that definitely looked easier to score and in fairness that loan they battled hard with 10 men but then uh, Cork scored right at the end Goal United battered Cove Ramblers have really been absolutely flying it this weekend's fixtures going now to go to Wexford as we mentioned Wexford earlier on the show at Lone Longford Town um, the Midlands Derby Treaty United against Bray Wanderers and Watford Cove Cork have the week off uh, there is and then Treaty play Longford on Monday um, so there we go that's pretty much our lot that was that was a show of a lot of tangents um, bizarre stuff at the end about Hadaway and um, I, Hadaway it's, it's really weird like <laughs> I was walking, I was sorry, I was out, out on the bike last week and I saw a sign for somewhere that wasn't Kilachandra, but sounded, it, it read like Kilachandra. And all I could think of them for the next half an hour was the, the Cavan Girl song that Paddy Riley sings, As I Walk the Road from Kilachandra. And now I'll be all day like, What is love? Do you, do you not have a Komodo in your head? No, no, it's, it's just Hadaway. That should be there. But Hadaway, as I said, it was it was one of the. The, the, the great nights and you're on the mailbag next week send in like your bizarre music related like meetings that somehow involve League of Ireland or football um, I think that's it Dan that was in association with Future Ticketing the Porterhouse Brew Collar and Cuff um, uh, you have your wedding before the next show don't no, you? Saturday week. Oh, Saturday week. Saturday week oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't know, lads. It's um, like, and, and it's nothing to do with Colin Cuff. John's like, I can stretch that out a bit for you if you want. I was like, no, no, John, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. We'll see about that. We'll be back next week. <laughs>